0: Are you gonna save us, Katniss?
1: I'm a princess cut from marble, smoother than the storm.
2: And the scars that mark my body, they're silver and gold.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the the Warning Podcast. This is review number 331 with a review of the Hunger Games Mocking Jay Part 1. I'm Christopher Schneezy.
0: I'm Carson Patrick
1: and I'm
2: Stephen Miller I wanted to make you wait like the Hunger Games makes you wait oh okay for all the action to start
1: and if you're joining us for the first time um, the spoiler warning is a weekly film review program each week on the show we're gonna dive in debate discuss and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you uh, this week as we said we're talking about the first half of this like third or fourth installment of this YA series and it's the third Is it the third? Okay. So it will be technically the fifth by the time the second half of the third comes around, or no? It'll be the fourth. I don't know. It'll be the fourth movie. We're talking about Hunger Games in a a little while, and by a little while I mean in the feeds after this episode. We will also have a review of Foxcatcher, Um, but for now, we're just talking about Hunger Games. Uh, Carson was hungry (laughs) earlier, Uh, but how are you doing this morning, guys?
0: Foxcatcher is the fifth Hunger Games movie. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's where uh, Jennifer Lawrence goes to the estate of, uh, you know, an eccentric man. Learns to wrestle, you know.
1: <laughs> yes, it's mm-hmm.
0: sort of the the uh, the very dark and cerebral version. This comes right before she joins the Avengers, right? As yeah. Hawkeye. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know what was confusing is this movie. The director's name was like Frank Lawrence. Francis so, Lawrence, yeah. Francis, yeah. So all the reviews would describe Lawrence or Lawrence. <laughs> and they would either use he or she. And it would be like, it'd be very confusing to understand what they were talking about. Yeah. Like I saw one quote that said like, Lawrence saves this movie with his masterful camera work. <laughs> 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 it's
1: was, it was very confusing to someone who did not know the director name. I, I can see that, that would be confusing. Even more confusing is why you're reading reviews of <laughs> the Hunger
2: Games <laughs> Mockingjay Part One. I, I just skimmed through Rotten Tomato once. <laughs> gotcha. Uh,
1: before going in. My okay, so r- real fast, like you know, we we've been doing this podcast for a while, and I don't know what your guys's experience, but around here, um, I, I, like, it doesn't matter what the movie is, how big it is, you know, the, the theater will sometimes be pretty packed, but for the most part. It's always mostly empty. And the last time that I went to a sold out show was for um, the last Bond movie. And um, I don't even know that it was completely sold out, but I drove to the theater. And when I got there, like, there were people parking in shopping markets, like, next to the theater. And I was like, yep, no way that we're gonna see this movie tonight. Um, But I've been seeing everything on Thursday nights. And, uh, you know, the first two showings of this movie on a Thursday night, which nobody ever goes to movies on Thursday nights were sold out and they were running show times every 30 minutes on a thursday night when usually they only have one or two so Mm -hmm. um apparently you know this this hunger games thing is even bigger than i remember it being from the last couple hunger games movies
2: yeah my experience was the same um i mean there were definitely sold out showings all the 21 up showings were sold out so we were stuck in the non-21 and up Uh, Theater still no we were in like the back on the far right you know like that was definitely getting to the point where it would have been sold out I'm sure Steven really wanted to drink during this movie. I really did
1: (laughs) You you were playing the thirsty games. Yeah, I
2: I wanted to do something that Woody Harrelson couldn't do (laughs) You were Woody Harrelson in this movie
1: Mm -hmm. So why was he sober in this movie?
0: It's because he was. They didn't allow alcohol in their, uh, where wherever they were being held. Just yeah, it, their little District Thirteen thing. District Thirteen.
1: She was un- underground there. What's her? What's her face? Didn't want him drinking just because.
0: Well, I think yeah, it was. I, I think know. it was mandated by uh, Julianne Moore's character and like all the the head characters because like that's why um, everyone dressed the same and Elizabeth Banks couldn't have her. You know awesome outfits
1: yeah well i just thought that was because they hated the capital but there's nothing about drinking specifically that relates to the capital so i would i would just assume that that she'd be fine with it uh,
0: i r- i vaguely remember uh there being a line where i think elizabeth banks told woody harrelson that or somebody said they 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 referenced the fact that they they didn't allow alcohol down in their what, little you Know bunker or whatever, Yeah, they Woody, Woody
2: Harrelson. Woody Harrelson says something about Julianne Moore, like, you know, I can't stand behind her because of this prohibition thing. Yeah, yeah, but she's pretty all right. Yeah,
1: well, he, he, here's the thing though. I mean, I, I know this is a fictitious world, and uh, you know, so it, it's hard to criticize the, the 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 this one little thing about the film, but. So let's let's pretend that the Hunger Games is real, and we're involved in this real revolution. And you know, this guy who, for some reason's name is Hey Mitch, uh, is <laughs> Hey Hey Mitch. So, so so Hey Mitch has been a pretty integral part in in helping Katniss up until this moment in the story. And all the while, he has been drunk as hell. Like the entire entire series up until now, he's all he's always drinking, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's reasonable to assume. That part of his skill comes from his drinking. Like, if you make him sober up, you take away a key part of his character, which may or may not have led. It's like, it's like you, know, you know, things were do- doing fine with him being a drunk. Maybe we should leave him a drunk and not try to sober him up. Mm-hmm.
2: Though I also don't remember them. I remember them playing up the fact that he was a drunk. I don't remember him seeming drunk in the other movies like most of the time. Well,
0: he was like Denzel in Flight, he was just so good. <laughs> yeah, I guess he, so. He hit it very well.
1: You just didn't see the scenes where he was doing coke to to, you know, pick yeah, him up to before to he wake came himself to, up.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> doing coke on an airplane on the way over. Right, yeah. That's in the uh unrated version.
1: <laughs> but anyways, I mean, I guess we'll we'll get into these type of uh, conversations. More or less, depending um, once we get into the actual episode. But do you guys think we should just get into the review?
2: Uh, sure, why not? Un- unless you want to like, very briefly remember how we felt about the series going into this movie. I don't remember if we do that before the review or after.
1: I think we can do that after, after the trailer. Okay. Because um, I'll, I'll kind of recap everything I can remember up until the start. Anyways, okay, so let's listen to the trailer for The Hunger Games, Mockingjay, Part 1, and then come back and give everybody our review.
0: I never wanted any of this. I never wanted to be in the games. I just wanted to save my sister and keep PETA alive. Miss Everdeen, it's the things we love most that destroy us. watching to lay down their weapons now. You're alive. Pita
2: is the capital's weapon. The same way you're ours.
0: You will rescue Pita at the earliest opportunity, or you will find another mocking Jay.
1: so you just listened to the trailer for the hunger games mocking jay part one um basically uh, you know quick recap of the series as a whole um you know there is you know these cool people in the capital they're all rich and happy and there's a bunch of these like you know ranging in different levels but like some poor districts and some all right districts but basically this regime that runs this Capital City, where everything is super awesome, is controlling all the outer districts of this universe by making them send tributes to these games in which everybody kills each other, and then the winners of the games, I guess, get to go to the capital or something like that. But uh, in a a big twist of, of the way this has been working for the last 75 years or whatever it is, um, Katniss and, uh, PETA decide to break the system and threaten to kill themselves at the end of the games instead of killing, well, kill themselves together instead of killing one another. And, uh, the entire system is thrown into disarray. Oh, the cap- no. The capital responds by making a new rule for the next game. And maybe the next game was the 75th. Anyways, in the next game, they're like, well, no, we're not going to pull random people who have not competed before. We're going to, com- we're going to pull people who have competed before. This new reaping will take place. Only from people who are winners of previous games. Oh my god, this is crazy. Big old controversy. They go into the games. Katniss is ready to have to try to survive. But it turns out that there might be other people competing in the games who are actually part of some secret alliance who are actually there to try to protect Katniss and possibly get her out. A bunch of stuff is going on. They're trying to... Something compete. is a clock and nobody cares. Yeah, there's there's weird systems. We're, we're figuring stuff out. The one guy who's in the wheelchair in this movie, and I don't remember how he gets there... Um, ba- basically Katniss wires up some stuff to some sort of electrical thing um, puts these like electrodes in the ground shoots an arrow into the dome that makes up the pretend sky for the area where they're competing big explosion, wall falls down, credits roll and then this movie starts Katniss is awake in some other group of people realizing there's this huge revolution going on, the people of these districts are now starting to rise up All behind this symbol of the Mockingjay, which is her, and she has to get over her whatever problem and uh, (laughs) try to lead these people on this revolution so they can assault the capital and hopefully one day in the next film um, take over everything and win the war. So... Let's go around real quickly, and uh, let's let everybody know, kind of, for those who are new to the show, or maybe people who have forgotten, or if our opinions have changed at all over the last couple of years, uh, what has been our opinion each of the Hunger Games franchise as a whole. Carson, start us off.
0: Um, I I enjoyed the first Hunger Games. Uh, I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but uh, I felt that it had, excuse me, it felt that it had a a leg up on these other. YA movies um the the second one I did not enjoy I thought it was pretty boring um and uh yeah mostly unnecessary and I think what made what made the first what the stuff I liked about the first movie was just sort of recycled in the second one so it was just kind of stuff we had all seen before so I wasn't too hot on the second one at all all right yeah so I
2: am I liked the first one quite a bit, or at least I like the premise quite a bit. I thought the the world that they build and the ethical dilemmas that Katniss could encounter had the potential to be really, really cool. Um and then by the end of the first movie I I was a little disappointed. It it feels like either the the writer of the books or the director of the movies is afraid to take the kind of risk that it would take to actually potentially alienate viewers from Katniss and make her have to make difficult choices or do some kind of thing regarding the game that makes her not be a perfect human being that everyone can idolize and look up to. Um, And the second movie continued that even more. Like, the second movie, in my mind, not very much happens that matters. Like, it was all building to a big reveal in the end, and the reveal didn't feel like a reveal because you weren't invested going in as to what was going on um so yeah overall i i think it has a lot of promise and i keep hoping it will get darker and more interesting and it has yet to happen so waning a little bit my uh excitement for the new movies
1: yeah i I think when, when they first announced the series um you know i was immediately like oh great another YA movie this is just like the trend this is like the 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 equivalent to the the superhero trend it's like oh we can make money off these YA books let's just buy them all up and start making a crap ton of movies especially if they're part of a series because that guarantees us like three maybe four maybe five different uh movies out of this stuff so you know, I wasn't really excited. Then, then the first trailer came out and I was like, Oh, you know what? Like that doesn't look half bad. Like I'm, you know, it's not that it looks amazing, but it looks better than what I would expect simply from just hearing that a YA property was being made. Um, which if you remember, was actually sort of the same way I felt about the Maze Runner. Um, like I was actually one of the later trailers for that came out. I was like, Oh, you know what? That actually doesn't look half bad. And I'm willing to actually check this out. Um, as the series progressed, uh, you know, like I, basically I'd see a movie and be like, okay, the first one was all right. Saw the second one mostly was, you know, the first one didn't like stand out to me, but I was like, you know what? That was, that was all right. I, I I like what it did. Um, it was cool ideas, kind of fun. So when the second one came out, I was like, okay, cool. Like the first one was all right. I'm on board for the second one, but the second one really definitely let me down, um, you know, as Carson said, it was sort of just retreading everything. And especially with that like weird fake out ending where it ends basically the same way this movie ends, which is halfway through a story beat. Um, that I wasn't too stoked on. So I wasn't excited for the series going forward after that one. And then these trailers came out and I started to get that same sense of like, oh, like maybe this'll actually be pretty cool. Like I like <laughs> I like the idea of of um it's seeming to get darker. It, you know, like there, there's all the shots in the trailers of like rooms full of missiles and, you know, like things and Katniss actually <laughs> being part of a real revolution instead of just fighting other kids. And there's yeah, things in
2: no, boxes. No, not fighting other kids. Huh? Refu- refusing to fight other kids. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. Well, um, because she's, she's
0: too good and fighting is evil. Right. Yeah, true, Well, true, she's true. fighting uh, acting skills like with that one kid. she's just like, oh, are you going to save us, Katniss? Which I was very, I was very disappointed that his uh, shot was different in the actual movie. His take was different. I guess they they decided not to use such a horrible take. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Anyways, I, I I was excited for because you know up until now, or up until this film, like the story has really been, you know, young people put in what is seemingly an adult situation all for the amusement of. You know, the an amusement and the power hungriness of this like crazy regime of these people in the capital of Keeper Sutherland's dad. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um So it even though they were they were being put in situations that were like actually pretty dark, it was still kids fighting in a weird battle arena with like ridiculously villainous characters driving all the action. So the idea that like now these kids are now put in charge of a real-world revolution, you know, that, that, that in and of itself is, is kind of a cool thing. So up until going into this movie, that was kind of where I was at. Like The idea of this third film actually starting to turn into like a real movie instead of being just this continued kid series was kind of exciting. All that being said, Carson, why don't you uh, let everybody know how the film actually turned out?
0: Uh, Oh, boy. Uh, Well, I I think it's just safe to say that this movie is just straight up ass. Like, I I haven't tasted this much ass since I drank hot chocolate at Kirk Hammer's house last week. (laughs) But, you know, at least that was a joyous, festive ass, not some bland, serious ass with a big stick up it. 'Cause this was just <laughs> Oh my goodness. Like this is so boring. Like I it I understand why, you know, the studio wants to split the last movie in half. I mean, obviously they, they want to milk it for all it's worth. Um, and that's fine, but at least try and, you know, give us a a movie that's, you know, entertaining because I feel like one, this suffers from the Hobbit syndrome, where the final book isn't very long—it's like 300 pages—and it's been stretched way beyond its limit. Um, and what we're left with is just a movie that's all filler, and nothing about it is interesting. Um, but e- I think e-
1: even even real fast, even with the Hobbit though, and like I'm not trying to like, you know, rile up any Tolkien fans out there. But at least what Peter Jackson is trying to do is pull in source material from other Tolkien stuff and then also insert things where like you know like in in the Hobbit where like Gandalf is just gone for a long ass time it's like well, well we'll just insert all this stuff that he was doing at that time like mm-hmm. it's it I understand the idea behind Peter Jackson trying to stretch it out this it follows a book which is literally half a story and then the next movie, from the next book is being split again it's like it feels like one story that's been split into three it feels like what people argue the hobbit is but at least the hobbit whether or not it's good does feel like big arcs that are actually taking place that have theoretical ending points after big climactic action beats as opposed to this where it's like definitely like the last movie felt like halfway through a movie when she shoots the arrow into the dome And then the credits just roll. And then this one is obviously half a movie because it is half a book. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: compared to to this, The Hobbit is like the most lean, complete, well-deserving movie series I've ever seen. (laughs) Like, let alone, I remember people being kind of pissed off when Harry Potter Part 7 was splitting too. And that is such a positive
0: counterexample to this by comparison. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I was going to mention that that, I mean, obviously that series is just all around a lot better than this series but yeah I mean that that final split seemed necessary in the fact that the book was uh the longest of the series and you know part one didn't feel just like filler it felt like uh it could stand on its own
1: and also on on, in in the Harry Potter series I mean spoilers for that series but didn't didn't that splitting take place um right at the point in which there is an escape and a major death of a character um yes. yeah. yeah so like that that split feels like the climax of if nothing more an episode of a tv show like a cliffhanger ending of a season or something like that like because yeah, i mean it totally made sense to end on that note because you had this big emotional beat big climactic situation and then like it got you ready for going into the next story
0: yeah, and in this movie, I guess, tries to take a similar approach in ending on, like, a cliffhanger to get you excited for, you know, the final part. But it's like... And even I, that they
1: fake out. They, they totally back out of it. Like, if it would have cut to black right at, right at that big cliffhanger moment, but instead they have a scene afterwards where they have to explain what that was. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I, I honestly thought it was going to end there, and I was like, oh, it'd be so great if it just ended here. Um, here, here here's, 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 the
1: funny here's the funny thing. In, in my theater, that scene happens... It, it, it cuts to black real fast. And everyone in my theater is like, what the f***? And then, <laughs> and then it has the scene after this that. bullshit. <laughs> so then the scene after that happens. And then the credits start rolling. And then the exact same people are like, what the f***? <laughs> like, they were, at first they were like, what? It's going to end here? And then once they had the scene after it, they were like, no, it should have ended back there.
0: <laughs> well, they had to explain why...
1: I'm, I'm just going to have to edit it out. Okay, Carson. well, you.
0: Can, but anyway, I laughed very hard at the fact that the line was probably the most algorithm-y line I think that, that we've heard in a big movie like this this year. That was just like, I, they're not even trying now. It just sounds well, so it, ridiculous. I think
1: you're forgetting the fact that is something that's been part of the series for the last couple of movies, and the characters have already... Like, interacted I don't rem- with it. I don't
0: remember that, though. Yeah, they were... <laughs> oh, well, see, that's that's how much I enjoyed or remembered from the last movie.
1: Because I'm Anyways.
0: I, I, anyway, it's just so... I mean, the whole movie is like that, where it's just a lot of people standing around talking about stuff that's just really boring. I mean, it's exactly like how Captain America Winter Soldier was. Uh, except, I think, even worse, because uh it's just it's just it's, I feel like it's, it's you, super you, redundant i feel like you
2: can't even compare those captain america winter soldier had so much more action going on than no but this i'm movie. saying
0: in terms of like people standing around looking at screens and saying what's happening and stuff like mm-hmm. that well um, i mean the,
1: the the comparison that does work at least for me is that um the films that preceded each of those films winter soldier and this film um i wasn't like super excited about like they didn't they didn't totally work for me but then when i saw the trailer for these films winter soldier and this one i was like oh shoot like this is actually going to get into like a real war going on and this character is actually going to stand up for something and this might actually potentially be uh, a darker take on this character and then both films didn't do that so (laughs) yeah um, (laughs) even though carson's the way, the way it means for the way Carson's trying to make the comparison may not work for you, Steven, but for me, accidentally, he's actually pretty apt.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. But, uh, no, I think that, you know, like I said, I think the first Hunger Games had a little bit of a higher quality than some of these other YA movies, at least the ones that had been out at the time. And now this film just feels in line with all of these other ones that have come out, like Maze Runner, Divergent. Um, that's all I can think of right now. But I feel like that those, they all feel like it's now kind of down to that level where it just, they all look the same. They all feel the same. Although I would argue at least that with the first Divergent movie, they had like a really dumb soundtrack that like could keep you entertained and like people acting like fools um like ridiculous (laughs) characters um in this movie it's like the most upbeat thing about it is the credits when they play that lord song and i was like why wouldn't they just i don't know to me like that was it was funny that like when it finally came alive it was when the credits (laughs) rolled um
1: speaking of the divergent series real fast just interjecting I don't know if you guys saw the trailer for Insurgent or whatever oh, the next yeah. Divergent movie I, I didn't, is. No. I didn't
0: see it in front of uh, the movie, but I saw it online.
1: Well, it was in front of the movie for me, and I, I finally, like, me watching that trailer is the way Carson always complains about the Avengers being all bullshit, CG, and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. It looks pretty bad. that movie is the most terrible looking, like... Oh, like it's, it's, that, it's bad. That That entire trailer doesn't even look like it comes from the movie. It looks like they filmed that like just for a trailer and they did it in like an hour and somebody just whipped it up with their new after effects skills or something. Cause it just looks like super
0: trash. It, it does look pretty bad. Um, but I thought of Carson during that trailer. So I'm, I'm glad you did because so, that was, so at least there's that. Oh man. I just, I just, I don't know why they have to all be so boring. Um, I just feel like, you know, Steven mentioned something about, uh, the fact that, these movies, they have a lot of interesting themes, but they don't really seem to go to, like, the dark places that you'd want them to. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's true because they're trying to appease, um, you know, this, like, tween audience. Um, They got to keep it within the PG-13 realm. But I really do feel like these, at least this series, would benefit from, A much darker or at least a more like satirical tone because I feel like that the themes in this movie especially this one have a lot of interesting commentary somewhere in there but it's never Mm -hmm. really acted upon it's never really enacted like it just is kind of there but it doesn't take it all the way there like it doesn't have it needs to have like this verhovian sort of vibe to it um And I I don't think that... I feel like they're trying to do that, but it never goes there. Um, And I do feel like it would have benefited a lot if they did and and not just kind of have it be there, you know? Um, Yeah, I I mean, it's not even like... Like,
2: I would love if they went to a dark place. (laughs) This movie doesn't even go to, like, the light, fluffy place it could have gone to. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like, it it clearly has potential and... I shouldn't have read Rotten Tomatoes because now I get to be infuriated by the fact that many critics are still referring to, like, the satiric edge and it being yeah. above the competition. And, like, what movie did you watch? Or or are you just, like, so in love with Jennifer Lawrence that you're going to say this? Because <laughs> this movie did not have a satiric edge at no. all to it. Like, what? maybe you could imagine in your head that the book had one, <laughs> but this movie did nothing, basically.
0: Yeah, but and I feel like and I feel like I can I see what they're saying and I, I, I feel like it's there like I said, but it's not taken to where it 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 should go like a you know, it's not fully exacted upon. And I think it should be because there is I did like the sort of in this movie the you know, the themes of like oh, we have to make Katniss this, you know, war icon. And then I, one of the few scenes that I did like was when they were trying to film that little uh, propaganda video where she raises the flag, and PS, PSH was yelling at her, going like, "You just came for a battle," <laughs> um, which I thought was funny. I, I um, don't remember him yelling that line, but I could act the shit out of this. <laughs> yeah, no, remember that he like he's like, "I'm sorry for being uh, I'm sorry for being outraged" or something, um, <laughs> and he's just like, "But you just came for a battle." Uh, he's like, your pig f-. Uh, No, he didn't say that. <laughs> but yeah, I <it> was like, <laughs> I, I just was like, oh, whoa, someone's actually, uh, finally, Phil people, people see where Hoffman is, uh, you know, showing these people like how to act. It's so weird that you get all these good actors in this movie and they're just all like, I don't know if they're, I don't know if it's this way, but it feels like they're all being told to just act very one note um, and not really bring any sort of energy or somewhat to it like it's so weird how like like why would you hire Julianne Moore or Philip Seymour Hoffman and have them just sit by computer screens and deliver lines like well the rebels are coming you know (laughs) I don't know it's just stupid like so anyway I I like I like the cast and I like the themes of what they're trying to go for but none of it comes together whatsoever and this movie is just all filler and all talk, too. It's 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 very strange, but uh, I don't know. When the movie ended, everyone went apeshit. They're like, oh, my God, clap, clap. I can't wait to give you my money next Thanksgiving. So someone liked it, not me. All right, well, Steven, <laughs> were you one of the people that liked it?
2: No, I also thought it was all filler Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just so boring, like... Like Carson, I haven't seen so much needless exposition since I went to Kirk Cameron's house. (laughs) Um, But at least that one was festive. Like this this movie, it violates that big principle of like show, don't tell. Here, there are so many scenes where characters are just like, let me discuss what just happened let me refresh for you cuz you probably forgot by now in movie number 1 we brought this up and now we're now we're revealing it you know don't you love this um, that, that,
1: that's the dumb thing too real fast just, why did they not open this with the scene from the end of the last film like it should have opened with her shooting the arrow the explosion, the dome falling, and then her being picked up as she's passing out. Well, like, man, the,
0: the last scene was, like, it was her and the ship, right? And Philip Seymour Hoffman was telling her, like, oh, we're going to go to the Capitol and blah, blah, blah. And then it ended all Matrix Reloaded style. Yeah, like, she was the, lying on the mm, table.
1: They should have just started this movie like that instead of yeah. like, having her hiding in, like, the steam vent or something. No, or, she, I, don't...
0: I guess she—well, she woke up from a dream— And she was already in, like, the District 13, like, where they're all hanging out, right? Yeah, but no, and that's
2: a good point. Like, if if they want you to remember something, they should show it to you, like, craft it in a way where you are drawn into it and are shown to remember, you know, like, plant the gun in the beginning of the movie so when it shows up later, you remember it. Uh, Instead of here, it's literally, like, they'll just use characters to say now remember how President Snow used to use roses to do this. Oh, and remember <laughs> how we saw the Tracker Jackers in number one. <laughs> I and, did
0: it. I forgot, I guess.
2: Uh, it it just makes it so boring. And like, nothing happens in this movie. There's no character worth rooting for at all because nobody makes any decisions to do anything. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. This definitely plays into this fan service type situation where there are secondary characters that I imagine in the books you are grown to love like mm-hmm. Elizabeth Banks's character in the movie in movie number 1 she's just a joke like a little funny <clears throat> like a funny weird person who's dressed up in makeup and by movie number two, she's someone the Katniss is like hugging and missing for some shit. Like <laughs> they don't explain why. And by here again, she's like a pivotal like, oh, nobody knows Katniss like I do. And the movies haven't remotely portrayed her as someone you should care about. And it, the same is true with like there was the fashion designer who in number one, he's a guy that made a dress. That's it. Yeah, Lenny Kravitz is. Hey, character. hey, it he, was a
1: dress that literally caught on fire. Yeah, like, dude. The movie yeah, title. yeah, 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 baller
2: by number two, he's someone you're supposed to be crying about. <clears throat> and, and then by here, like, even just mentioning him is supposed to bring up wells of emotion again.
0: And, but and was that like, supposed to be a spoiler? Because, or it's not a spoiler, I guess, but I don't know, just like the... You don't even really see the fate of his character. They just sort of mention it, and I well, guess no, you're supposed no, no, to be sad. The, there no, was but a, you there was a see it in the in last, second movie. Yeah, in the, in the oh, second
1: movie where she's going up the tube, and he, like, came in, and then people, like, grabbing oh, him. Oh, yeah, okay, now I remember, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: how much i know
2: i i don't know i feel like they just keep doing this where they're grooming all of these characters for you to care when they die (laughs) but they just give you like the bare minimum to know like oh he's acting really nice he's probably gonna die and then we're gonna be sad about it (laughs) like except in this movie they couldn't even give you that like very very little happens in this movie no you couldn't spoil it like i guess you could spoil the very very end like carson maybe did um but you really, there's just nothing. There, there's a battle going on outside. You see it in little, like, two-minute increments. It doesn't touch anyone's lives. It doesn't matter. There's little bits of dramatic tension with primary characters and what might happen to them. They're all fine. No big deal. <laughs> like, there was just no reason for this to be one movie. Nothing happened in it. They, they could have crammed all of this movie into, like, 20 minutes at the beginning of the second movie and you would have missed almost nothing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly a waste of like Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore, Woody Harrelson. Like they don't do anything in this. I I feel like they weren't even told just be one note. They were told like, just don't do anything. We need, (laughs) we need you to be more muted. So Jennifer Lawrence looks like she's being a better actor by, by comparison. Yeah. it's a really, it's a waste of time watching this movie. I'm angry that they made it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, d- don't. Say, you gotta save up some of that anger because there's still a second half coming.
2: Oh yeah, part two. I, I hope the second half can redeem it or at least the second half will be good enough that we can all be like, let's just pretend it went from movie number one to number three <laughs>
0: and and it would be okay. I feel like this series is way past redemption at this point.
1: Well, you you might, because of the way that Ep- or, I'll, call it, I'll call it episode two because of the way the second film ends. You could theoretically edit out the first half of the third movie, because, uh, or I guess the third movie as a whole, but you know, second first half of the third book because you know she escapes and then she's part of this revolution. So if the second if if the second half of this story is actually good, then you can just be like, oh, so we just open that with a montage of her training. <laughs> And then you can just go straight from the second one right into the, to the second half of the third.
2: I, I mean, you could easily shortcut it because there's zero character growth. Yeah. Or plot. that. Like, I don't even understand what her turmoil is in this movie. Other than, like, random back and forth that lasts through the end of the film.
0: Other than <laughs> she has to decide whether or not to be the Mockingjay. And that doesn't take all but five minutes.
2: And even like, you know, they take things like the Mockingjay and the sound and this like, are you, are you coming to the tree? Like song. (laughs) And it's just, it's like, I guess it was in the book. So they need to do it and it's going to make fans care about it. But yeah, there is like zero resonance of, of that stuff with me. Like the whole concept of the Mockingjay, they don't, it's like they don't even care if anyone who didn't read the book is watching this movie. They don't. They don't want to make you care about it at all. They just want to shove in as many things as they can. So fans will be like, oh, well, they hit that note and that note and that note. I'm happy. Let's go pay for the
1: next movie. Well, like e- even even in the context of the story, I mean, I didn't read the books, but the way the film does it is... It's just like really a, a random chance she finds that pin, and then that pin becomes the symbol that represents her. Like, there's no real significance behind that, and the fact that because the mocking jays are everywhere, you can like send this rhythmic signal through large distances simply by whistling something, and they'll repeat it. Like, there's nothing really significant about the mocking jay itself, right? Mm-hmm. So,
2: as far as I know, there's no significance, which is why even the question of will you be our mockingjay almost doesn't make sense to me like i guess you mean will you record videos for us yeah big big whoop (laughs) well yeah like like really what it is
1: is 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 the the society adopted that as her symbol outside of her like trying to create that it's 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 basically like that you know three finger salute stuff that's just everybody decided that means katniss or whatever yeah (laughs) so I don't
2: know. I give a one finger salute to this
1: movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, in ba- like in in a in a funnier film or like something that that approaches more of the level of satire that uh that you know carson is looking for is this a set way in the future and somebody finds like this this old jacket that's got like a Texaco or like a Chevron symbol on the shoulder <laughs> and then like you know nobody uses gasoline anymore cuz it's like way in the future but that that like symbol from the gasoline company becomes the the mark of a revolution um simply because it was on their jacket <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah
2: and <laughs> and i mean anyway in what in what futuristic society do these like teenage-ish characters i know they're not teenagers but they're played that way like who were in this reality thing and now every once in a while they have like two minute motivational propaganda like in what world do those two minute clips immediately make people start fighting or stop fighting and like this little wimpy shrimp like pita dude saying like oh stop fighting is gonna change the world all of a sudden like I get they're trying to say that entertainment impacts us and propaganda impacts us. Yeah. But this is so media, direct. Yeah. It's so direct and on the nose that like there's no sense of realism to it. Like you don't even see the way in which they could subtly manipulate emotions. It's just I am telling you to fight. I am telling you to not fight. He's telling them to not fight.
1: He's hurting our cause. But, like, but I'll also uh... remember that in in the last films Simply an action that she takes in the context of the game without even directly speaking to the people watching the show actually instilled mini riots to pop up in certain areas. You know, like she would do mm-hmm. something and then some person in a crowd would react and then, you know, inevitably be shot to death or something like that. But her not even attempting to instill some sort of power behind the people watching the games was able to cause action. So if she's mm-hmm. finally for the first time saying like, no, I'm out, I'm here, I will fight with you. I think that that in it, like, if people are already doing that on their own simply because she stands as the symbol, then if that symbol is standing back and actually trying to fight with you, I, I could I could see how it could work. I, I I can see on paper why that should work. It's
2: just in in practice, the delivery, like those scenes which instill riots, are somehow believable. Like people are invested in the game and they're watching things that upset them. Yeah. Here. It's just like a person is reading a commencement speech to you or like just giving this phony, phony delivery. I mean, the scene of them trying to film her in a virtual world first <laughs> is supposed to be the counterpoint to the believable emotions. But I felt like none of the emotions are believable. Yeah. They all feel like little like one minute sound bites.
1: Yeah. There's also a weird thing, too, because I mean, we've seen Jennifer Lawrence in a bunch of other things recently where she's playing like... A legitimate adult so mm-hmm. they're trying to like kid her up now in these films so yeah. it's it's weird to see her try to give a rousing adult-like speech but deliver it in a childlike way and like you said even in the moments later when she's authentically upset and you know having just witnessed an event take place is like screaming like
2: this is what the capital did you know that don't you come fight with mm-hmm. me
1: she still <laughs> seems not really it's like it's like if one of us was trying to deliver that line, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> having never really acted. Yeah.
0: And, 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 it and I be... guess that's I guess that's good on Jennifer Lawrence's part <laughs> that she's playing. Like, I mean, that proves how good of an actor she is. But I mean, it's still like all the other actors in the film. This movie is not playing to their strengths. I mean, it's yeah, not I... really a good showcase for what
2: they can I... do. I mean, that dynamic would be fine if they did take the satirical edge and pull back and show you how ridiculous this is. Yeah. But I definitely don't feel like the beats in the movie are trying to be like, make you feel that this is forced and unbelievable. It's like the beats are supposed to be you are riled up with them. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right. With this cheesy delivery. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let me get into some things that you guys haven't really completely said, just so that I'm not like straight up completely echoing everything you guys are saying, because obviously I feel the same way. Um, But uh, there are a few things that I kind of like that they did in this film. And when I say a few things, I mean very, very, very few. Uh, So in in the first film, the first film did have a, a, a little sense of like, holy crap, these are children who are in like very violent situations. And this is kind of insane. You have like the opening scene where everybody's rushing for the equipment and just, you know, everybody's sort of dying off. Frame but like you see a javelin get thrown and then you see the results of that or you, you 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 know violent stuff is happening around you and while you're not like watching it the way you would in some crazy you know movie like we would all watch um, you, you still get a sense that there is something scary about this situation overall in the second film unfortunately you don't really see a lot of death or combat or anything, even off-frame. It's, it's completely somewhere else in the world of that film. Like, so so you go from the first one where there's a bunch of people fighting to the second one where you just hear the cannon going off every couple minutes and you know that another person has died and they flash their picture up on the top of the dome, and that's just it. Like Katniss is always surrounded by her crew of people who are secretly trying to work to keep her alive. And it kind of takes, like, the threat becomes the dome and that stupid clock thing and the waves and the tracker-jackers or whatever. And you, you never get a sense that, like, people are dangerous. Um, in this, you know, like, they're even though they're not presenting it super great, there is some sort of revolution going on. And there are scenes where, like, people die pretty bad on screen <laughs> and like this is the first time that I, that I feel like we've actually seen crazy things where a sea of people are just obliterated by gunfire or a plane flies overhead and just like shoots and takes out a bunch of guys or you know large structures that we know are full of people can <laughs> get bombed like there, there's even though it's not like super uh well done and have he- like heavy emotionally you are still saying that, like, okay, a bunch of people are trying to uh, to do this thing, and it's going to get them killed, but they all know that as long as they, like, rush this crowd, maybe half of them will die, but they could still accomplish the goal, and that would make it all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. that... I at least appreciated the sense that like there was a real war going on and rather than one person, you know, saying like, you can't do this. And then a guard just capping him and the rest of the people going like, okay, we won't do anything because we don't want to get shot in the head. There is Mm -hmm. like all out war going on between a severely under under armed force, which is just these like we're equivalent to like peasants just running, getting sprayed with machine gun fire and. Like, there, there was actually some weight to the non-Katniss-related stuff that was happening. Like, this revolution on the outside. So, Katniss is in a bunker with a group that has jets and missiles and bombs and all sorts of stuff. But the people on the outside who are really in the war are really just there. And a lot of them are dying. And, like, I actually appreciated the fact that they're it, like, the film did portray that people believe in something and are getting killed for what they believe in. And this is the first time I feel like that has actually happened. Um, so.
2: I I can grant you that but I also feel like assuming the source material has this happening this felt like the bare minimum they could show along those lines like like it seems like they barely focus on these scenes at all they're yeah. like just minor little shot you don't you don't ever see Katniss feeling the weight of the death that is being yeah told what's well, the thing she Do, does, you, does, you feel she doesn't her even
1: know, sad she she doesn't even know what's really going on cuz she only sees <laughs> she only sees what the the people who are trying to use her for propaganda are letting her see because she's sort of at at you know at their whim or whatever like she she doesn't get to experience the war for real because she's not yet on the real front lines in an actual battle she's being you know airlifted to places where something bad has already happened and then being filmed in that situation to see what her genuine reaction is so it's like the film i i feel like for once i actually believe the revolution even though we're not seeing it if that makes sense
2: mm-hmm. i i won't
1: disagree i just feel like it's very faint praise <laughs> no no no, no, no it, it's it's totally faint faint praise i just i i wanted to say that like for the first time like we actually see like that, that scene where we're all like the workers like the lumberjacks or whatever they are are yeah. like <clears throat> walking out and the one dude just whistles and then everything that happens moments after that like when that happened i was like oh shit like that was pretty crazy <laughs> was that the only one
0: like I, th- I think you were the only you and the other teen girls in the <laughs> I, theater
2: i i thought that scene was moderately enjoyable at least <laughs> <laughs> they're
0: like oh uh, something Grading happened. on a
2: curve Grading on a curve that was intense definitely
1: <laughs> well no that, that like so so you know based on the uh on the trailer like that's kind of what i what i potentially thought that the entire film could be filled with is moments like that but instead you like in the trailer where there's so many like seas of bombs like on racks and racks and all these jets and stuff under under the under the base and then there's a scene in the film where like katniss is like if you have all this why don't you just attack the capital and like you have re- a weapon and you
2: choose not to use it <laughs> Exactly. <laughs>
1: the, the rosewater argument yeah <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know what's really sad too is your delivery of that line was better than Katniss's delivery
0: of her speech <laughs> about like
1: <laughs> see what they're doing to this building.
0: I'm standing outside the wreckage of <laughs> the building that the i going to catch fire.
2: And by the way, even even those wreckage scenes which like they keep lingering on because it's supposed to be moving and so depressing felt so tamed and watered down to me. <laughs> it's like there, there is violence to be seen a little bit, but I don't know. It's like they're even showing like the hometown being destroyed. It really did not feel like dark or or no. motivating in any way. It was just like, look, here are rocks on the ground. Cry, Katniss, cry. <laughs>
1: yeah well, hey, there, there were scenes where it was skull, so it wasn't just rocks. Yeah, yeah. But
0: I feel like they could have made it. I mean, they could have done something dark with it and still be within the boundaries of pg-13 I I, I, I I yeah i just do feel like that they are constricted in some ways and it would be beneficial for them to just go all out but they're not going to do that I, I i imagine
1: somebody in the production team is like dude you guys saw uh, schindler's list right won't it be powerful <laughs> if we
0: just have like piles of bodies like yeah this movie's totally like that
1: uh <laughs> But yeah, so that that I think that's a probably about the end of my praise for the film, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, yeah, they, and, like everything we've been talking to uh, talking about up until now is, is really just it's I I don't. It, 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 it's one of those like, like you know fool me once fool me twice thing with where it's like it's like every time i see a trailer for this for this series i'm like you know maybe it, it th- maybe this one will pull it out <laughs> and then it just it gets Ew. worse with every film that that comes out and i think that like i don't know I, I, like the, 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 the teaser for this film um i thought was really really good like so the last film ends with like this big explosion and a crumbling of the dome and people on the outside lose feed from the games. They don't know if Katniss is alive. Clearly the, uh, you know, the capital wants people to believe that she's dead because she's the symbol and all that jazz. And, uh, you know, it, it, the, the teaser has that scene where, you know, uh, Peta is sitting on, like, the throne in the white room or whatever and, the or he's standing next to What's-His-Face and that, you know, Keeper Sutherland's dad is... Uh, is you know delivering all this stuff about how awesome the capital is and you know they cut into the feed and they're like <laughs> Rebel
0: Underground we have audio no video we're forging a stronger future yeah. repeat
1: this is a pirate transmission from district signal repeat this is a pirate transmission from district thirteen with a message the mocking lives. And then it's all cuts off like that was a great teaser because that is what this universe is supposed to feel like like we had the symbol she may or may not be dead. Capital is giving their crappy propaganda message feed cuts in we find out that she's alive like awesome like yeah everybody stick up your three fingers and. You know, salute the existence of our Mockingjay friend. Like, mm-hmm. that is the feeling that this entire film should have been based on. But that scene isn't even in the movie. Like, there, <laughs> there, 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 there is a scene where they use a pirate radio transmission mm-hmm. broadcast to communicate. I mean, they were, were going to
2: tie it into pirate radio. I <laughs> hope <laughs> 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 <So>, Seymour Hoffman who've <laughs> come from
1: there. True. <laughs> Pretty much. But, like, I, I, I think that trailer is better than any scene in this entire movie. Or that teaser, I should say. And, I think
0: that teaser was just made specifically for the teaser. No, no, it, it was. But yeah. I'm saying
1: that, like, like it, that that teaser communicated exactly what it needed to do. Because I remember when that teaser started, because I saw it first in theaters before I saw it online. And I was kind of like, uh, New Hunger Games or whatever. And then it's just, like, all this stuff. But, like, there was something about, like, the way that guy... First of all, that guy, you know, their their wheelchair-bound friend. Like, he just has that voice where when he says something, you're like, ooh, I want to listen to that guy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. So like that that teaser started with me not caring and made me care momentarily for for this franchise. And Dude, then, he's
0: basically playing his uh, same character from uh, Source Code. Source Code enables you to cross over into another man's identity in the last eight minutes of his life.
1: Like yeah, the yeah. Wacky which is,
0: scientist guy.
1: Which is awesome because that guy yeah. just sounds cool. But
0: he's like, uh, <laughs> the the source code. <laughs> <laughs> uh, time cannot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he's simply. Rah, rah, rah,
1: rah. Uh, anyways, uh, I, I, so. Like I don't know. Like I, I think they should have extrapolated out the mood and tone of that trailer instead of trying to communicate the beats that are supposed to be there from the book. Because clearly, that didn't work out for them. Um. So at this point, like th- the quality of this film and the quality of the last film, like makes me not even want to watch Hunger Games movies again. Because like I, mm-hmm. I at this point have absolutely zero hope that. It can anything can be pulled out of the the, the franchise.
0: I I don't think it can, <laughs> <laughs> unless they make one last hail mary attempt and it somehow comes together in the final uh, part. But I I doubt it.
2: Yeah, yeah it, it's crazy because they're they're working with well known source material. It seems like even the bare minimum should get you to care enough to want to watch the last movie, <laughs> like my bar was not that high for this. Like, it, I had already abandoned hope that they were going to get ethically interesting or get, like, dark in any kind of novel way. But they didn't... Compared to this, even the second movie was exciting. And I thought the second movie was, like, mostly useless, too. Yeah. <laughs> but this made me long for the days when they're running around trying to solve <laughs> a puzzle or something.
1: And, and, and if if you compare this franchise to the Harry Potter franchise, which isn't fair because, you know regardless of, of whether or not you care about that other franchise, like, it's made so much better than th- this is. But, like, w- with the Harry Potter films, none of the films in that series, for me, live up to the first film. Like, I think the first film is genuinely, like, really, really good. And... All the ones after it, I, I have problems with every movie. There's a lot of things that I complain about. There's a lot of things I don't like. But I always feel watching the film that the story is better than the version I'm getting. Like I feel like I, I like the universe. I like the characters. I care about the characters. I care about the events in the film. I just don't think the films are perfectly executed. And I feel watching them that I'm missing so much story that I need to read the books for. And I hate that about them. But. I still like watching the movies like there was never a point where I was like well screw this I'm not gonna watch the next Harry Potter Mm -hmm. movie It was no like I'm excited for the Harry Potter movie And then there's some element of it that I don't enjoy or that lets me down, but I still Want to see the next one. I still like watching them and I'll still watch them again like there's nothing in any of these uh, Hunger Games films that make me ever want to revisit them and the trailers trick me into being willing to seeing it again and then I just get disappointed even more than I did the first one so
0: <laughs> just a vicious vicious cycle yes amen
2: <laughs> I, No, I, I have the same feeling I I am not a fan a big fan of most of the Harry Potter movies but they all at least are above that threshold where they're telling you a story that makes you want to go back and yeah. like like you said you feel that they might be shortcutting narrative things here i feel like they're bloating out narrative things for no reason yeah like uh, they're spreading did... out the thinnest parts of the narrative
0: right yeah and it's it's it just all ends up feeling like fan servicing mhm which it's it's hilarious how uh the uh the cat in this movie got more screen time than uh, josh hutcherson <laughs> <laughs> it was just like ugh. Like, oh, no, Prim went back for the cat. It's like, oh, the dumbass cat. Whatever, <laughs> leave it. It's like, I just wanted Jennifer Lawrence to turn to her sister and be like, no wonder I volunteered for your dumbass. You wouldn't have made it at all.
1: The The best would be that if, like, she was like, "The doors are shutting. We need to go." She's like, "I need to get the cat." So like, she's halfway to the cat, and Katniss just pulls out one of the explosive red-tipped arrows,
0: <laughs> kills the cat. And back like, back. Now
1: there's no cat. Get over here. This door get is shutting. Get your
0: ass back here. Oh, that would have been so much better. Oh my gosh. I, I, <laughs> I hilarious. want there to be
1: a dark, a dark Katniss.
0: Like that would be in like the Jodie Hill version.
1: Yeah, she needs some tracker, tracker venom. <laughs>
0: uh also i liked how the uh the film crew that was following katniss around like they all had to be like stereotypical like ooh, we got the gauges I and mean, we're like we're punk and like the chick from game of thrones had like the skrillex haircut <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> like, they
2: were all like steampunk for yeah, no reason. <laughs> just,
0: they just looked really stupid and like i the only thing that i thought was cool was that the one camera dude who couldn't speak i was like oh it's the guy from the mighty ducks movies and idle hands <laughs> I was like that. That sort of brought me some, some joy for I, I know, think a second. Be,
1: I think it would have been more awesome if the guy who was mute was the guy who holds the microphone. <laughs> 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 like that would just be like the best. He's like, yeah, I can't speak, but I'm going to get all the dialogue. So <laughs> let's I do don't, this.
0: Uh, I mean, th- this is this is nitpicking, but did anyone else think it was kind of funny how? So like the big, I mean, it's in the trailer, the big set piece where. The uh, the jets fly over and Katniss shoots it down with one of her awesome arrows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like that shot of her shooting it down and then it like hits the other one. They all crash into the building or whatever. Um, It's just her and uh, Liam Hemsworth standing there. But then like so the next scene is Jennifer Lawrence and Julianne Moore watching like the propaganda video that they've made and showing it to everybody. And it's like that same shot from the movie is in the video and I was just like but no one was around nobody filmed that (laughs) I was like what what the hell like you just took that it's like they're almost like they were kind of getting super meta like if you don't like hunger games we're gonna kill you or something you know like it (laughs) just seemed like like and they had like the you know the poster logo and everything that came up and I just thought that was like kind of funny but I was like no this movie isn't gonna go there they're not gonna get like meta on us or something
1: I, I didn't notice that but what I did notice which was kind of funny to me was that like so she sh- shoots down that plane right and in the very next scene or like a few scenes later if you look at her quiver she's missing the one red arrow that she fired but she still has the two green and the two yellow um, and then the very next scene after that she has two red and I was like oh, like I, I was proud of them for remembering how many arrows were supposed to be in the quiver and then like a scene later it, they had forgot already so it was like <laughs> It was like a momentary like praising them for paying attention to that and then a scene later going like oh never mind you screwed it up.
2: Continuity goes out the window when you're catching fire. I I pray for a movie good enough that
1: continuity is my issue with (laughs) (laughs) But I really wish at one point in the film she would have taken a green arrow and a red arrow and but like red light? Green light and then (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: That'd been so badass. (laughs) Oh man. This movie needed you know like some some Tom some T Cruz. (laughs) <laughs> to to energize it he
1: just shows up and it's like exoskeleton he's like i'll do this uh, and then that would be a good crossover just katniss oh hell yeah basically reliving this battle over and over and over again just everyone keeps dying and she has to keep figuring out how to save them
0: katniss <laughs> eventually becomes uh uh was it full metal bitch full metal bitch yeah yeah, yeah dude i'd watch that i totally watch a Jennifer Lawrence, Tom Cruise movie. That'd be like the most charismatic movie of all time.
1: Unfortunately, I mean, we saw this movie, which is a don't charismatic. No, it's oh, not. Uh, not at all. All right. Well, should we wrap this review up, guys? hmm All right. Uh, let's get to our verdicts then. Carson, if you're going to give this a must-see, reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
0: I would 100% give it a must avoid. <laughs> no questions. Is it Steven? Yeah, must avoid. This
2: was all Philip don't want to see more Hoffman. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a Hoffman he one, but I don't think I can mileage do it out of uh,
0: this 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 pun. <laughs> Philip see more Hoffman. Yeah, Rest a well, piece. I'm going to give it a
1: must avoid also uh because it's just it's not good. It's bad. <laughs> it's just... so. I mean, the the real question is: Do we even want to bother doing a review of the final film?
0: Yeah, I <sighs> think we should just for continuity, dude. You don't want to yeah, have I'm two not, red I'm... arrows and then, you know, or one red arrow and then all of a sudden have two. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: not. I'm not holding out for it at all, but probably it's gonna happen. We'll, we'll see. I, I remember, by the way, there there was a line in this movie towards the end where she talks about, like, you can't just make us sit here and wait while nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was at least one line that would have made a great tagline for the movie. <laughs> that is pretty
1: That's funny. That's what we're
0: making you do here, bitches. <laughs> we're making you sit and wait, but we're taking your money. Yeah. Well,
1: I guess we'll see what it comes out against when we get around to that film, or you know, if you're listening and you really want to, uh, you want to make sure that we talk about that film, then let us know by responding to us in this episode. But yeah, for now, that is our review of The Hunger Games: Mockingjay Part One. So, Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that?
0: Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com.
1: Stephen.
2: You can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or
1: sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to figure out when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at com. You can can use the contact form on our site, or you can leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. So hopefully you're enjoying that more than we enjoyed this film. Mm -hmm. The
0: soundtrack is actually uh, pretty
2: good. It's a lot better than the movie. I hope Randy Marsh is getting some good money for that.
0: <laughs> Hunger Games, yah yah yah. All
1: right, well, we have to go because, uh, uh, like 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 the second film, we were about to catch fire. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and work.
2: we've just about had Philip Seymour enough, man. <laughs> as close as
1: I can get to Hoffman, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll give you like a B minus. That's good. Yeah. Alright, well, we are going to go. Better re- than this movie. We are going to go re- record our review of Foxcatcher. So uh, stay tuned for that. Alright, talk to you guys later.